0: Here's an interesting one. Oprah.
1: Narc. <laughs> Narc. <laughs> I'll take it a step further with Oprah, I think she's a psychopath. Really? Yeah. Man! Yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah. Oprah's dangerous. Yo Beth, that's your crazy.
0: What's up everybody, this is Barry Grant Jr. I have a special, special interview for you today. I'm sitting with an author. She's written nine books. She's a social media influencer. She has over 500,000 followers across all platforms. Please welcome Dr. Chanel Jasmine Clark to the couch. How you What's doing?
1: Up. Also known as a spiritual lore. Also known as
0: a <laughs> spiritual whistleblower. Excuse me, how can I That's forget okay. that? That's okay.
1: That's all right. Thank how you, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, we met at the Black Man's Brunch.
1: Yes, wonderful event. event. Absolutely. Yes.
0: And, you know, I, I saw, I remember me and, you know, Silent Assassin Nicole we were there and I said, I'm... I'm looking at your booth and I said, that's very interesting, I don't know what's going on over there, would I like to go over
1: there? Well, other than the bright neon color right. <laughs> that was sticking out at a men's event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, I went over there and then I was just like, I asked you a couple of questions mm-hmm. and you really, you know, in a very quick amount of time, you gave me a lot of information that really, oh, yeah. it had me thinking even after I left. And, um, and I really wanted to connect with you to really kind of like have an in-depth conversation about what you actually are speaking about and what the message is and, you know, people that need to be educated in regards to certain traits that we all have mm-hmm. and what to look out for in relationships and what to look out for in regards to just, you know, your own character of how to be able to be positive right. um, moving forward as as adults, mm-hmm. right? Um, certain things that we have as teenagers you know, you don't want to continue to have that as a grown person, right. right? So it's, those are the things that I really want to have a discussion with you about today.
1: So. Okay, let's do it.
0: So first off, I guess, um, where were you born?
1: Uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Um, New
0: Jersey Trenton, girl, I like that. Trenton
1: makes what the world <laughs> takes, that's their famous motto. And um, migrated to South Carolina um, my last few years of high school, mm. which were terrible. And then migrated to Louisiana where I went to an all black HBCU, Grambling wow. State University. Awesome. And then I migrated back to New York and um, upstate Albany and then to New York City. So kind of bounced around. Yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. how was Grambling State?
1: I flunked out because it was party. Listen, <laughs> the entire state of Louisiana uh, is party central. Yeah. So. Bouncing back and forth to New Orleans, my roommates like you—you you didn't get no work done. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: I went in a good girl and came out like I gotta get out of here. So <laughs> I ended up finishing my bachelor's in New York because I wasn't getting, it wasn't working out in Grambling. Oh
0: my party God. school! Yeah, party school! Great school though. Right. I mean,
1: they, they have some scholars. Yes, you know. Let me not take that away a from a lot my- of
0: great people came out of Grambling. Absolutely.
1: Yes, shout out to Erica Badu. Yes. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's party central. It is. <laughs> so
0: let's kind of go back into like your,
1: your upbringing as a child. Like, mm-hmm. how was that? Um, tumultuous, mm. Very unstable. Um, um, my parents were married,, how, and I'm the oldest of uh, three children. I have a brother and a sister, but um, constantly living in and out of motels, run down motels all over New Jersey. I've lived in so many, migrated around Trenton, Hamilton, Ewing, Pemberton, Bordentown, Mount Holly, Camden, Cherry Hill. So up and down basically South Jersey. So um, they it. They were violent. They didn't care, you know, what they did in front of us. And um, of course, it impacted me and my siblings in different ways. But um, out of my siblings, I feel that I turned out to be the one to, to be the generational curse breaker. Mm. I think my siblings are still caught up in it, right. but um, I got out of it many years ago. Right, right, so right. yeah.
0: Was there any violent trace that you ended up having as an adolescent growing up because of what you saw?
1: It was the opposite. Um, I was trained to be the doormat people pleaser. Wow. Caretaker. When my parents were busy fist fighting or in the streets, I played mother to my my brother and sister, right. cooked meals, babysat. I have so many stories. Um, my mother, uh, we went to work with her and she parked the car all the way in the back of the parking lot. And for the entire eight hour shift, I had to babysit my siblings inside the car. Wow. She had that much pride. She didn't want no one knowing that uh, she she felt like, I don't want no one looking at me like I can't take care of my kids. Right. And we had grandparents and, and family on both sides. I'm sure that would have helped, but it was her pride. So um, I got abused and I they call it parentification. Um, it's when you turn a child, you, you give a child a parent role. Right. And you basically rob them of their childhood parentification. You can say it a couple of different ways, but, um, yeah, um, I took care of them even up into high school, my senior high school, I was working two jobs. My mother took all my paychecks. She wouldn't work, but my paychecks went to pay all the bills in the house and buy groceries. So I was robbed of everything. So I took, I, I didn't become violent like they did, even though they were violent in front of me. It was the opposite I became um, I attracted violent people into my life male and female and I never really spoke up for myself because I was trained as a child to shut up and just you know let people use you you're a caretaker right. and um, this is something very common in the black community I coach a lot of people that grew up the same way you know so
0: yeah now in that type of situation is it is it a mindset of I guess this is what I deserve, type of mindset. Like when you grow up in a a household like that and Mm -hmm. you attract, you know, abusive men or whatever it is, abusive relationships, is it more about, well, this is just what I'm used to and this is just what it's gonna be?
1: Deep down inside, you know you don't deserve it. Right. But you've been groomed. We're talking about the first 15, 20 years of your life. And depending on if you have a single mother, or both your parents and in some cases a lot of people that had two parents in the household the father still treated the mother like a single mother he's running the streets out all day with his side chick so mom technically even though they're married mom is still a single mother in her own marriage so it depends on the dynamics um um what the parents display you know um and and it's it's weird. This is I guess this is a biological component. I can't figure out about this stuff because you know with two narcissistic parents, one or two, depending on you know if you're raised by a single mother or not, you could have multiple children, and the parent will groom each child to take on a specific role. Right. She'll train one child to get bullied, disrespected. Um, you're, you're like the extra parent. She feels entitled to your money. So if you're working like I was in high school, she's going to take your money from you. And you better not say nothing or you'll get beat. Whereas the other siblings get favored and special treatment. And then she'll train mom or dad. They can train your siblings to bully you. Yeah. And then it, grow, it turns, and they don't turn this off, it goes into adulthood, it's called triangulation. So mm-hmm. if you think of a triangle, you're at one point, your parent is at another, and it's either a sibling or another family member, and they're just using this, this family member or sibling to gang up on you, but it's to keep you in this controlled environment right. so that you stay in that scapegoat role. You know your assignment is. is to be bullied and to take orders, and that's your role.
0: So when you decided to kind of, I guess, break out of that environment, did you get a lot of backlash for that in regards to you can't leave, you're not supposed to, this is not what you're supposed to do to family? Was there a lot of kind of guilt tripping you into trying to stay into that, you know, in that toxic environment?
1: This behavior is so textbook, not just with me, but every person I've spoken to that was in my position went through the same thing. It's scary how textbook, it's like narcissists, they pull from the same playbook. But if you try to leave, you got to look at your family as a cult, even your in-laws. If you marry into a narcissistic family, your in-laws will do the same thing as your family because they're all cut from the same cloth you try to leave and they know they've been abusing you, they will do a witch hunt, they will gang stalk, they will work together to suck you back in. It's called hoovering, like okay. the Hoover vacuum cleaner. Right. There will be a manhunt, they'll drive past your house, they're cyber, There's, my family cyber stalks me, I know that, I don't care. They just know better than to knock on my door, because right. I've threatened violence. And I'm a non-violent person, but my boundaries, you I don't play about yeah, my your boundaries. Health, all that, yeah. And I'm a mother.
0: Right.
1: So even though my baby is, is 23, I don't play about mine. We live very peacefully. And I sometimes you have to turn up on them to make you make them respect right. you. Either it's the police or we gonna fight, but right. you're not violating my boundaries. So when you pull away from that toxic, narcissistic family structure, you're gonna get gang stalked. Um, What your parents will do is, because they they know they've abused you, but they're going to act like cowards and not approach you or apologize. They're never accountable. You're not going to get, if they apologize, it's a fake apology. Gaslighting. Yeah, it's just to get, you know, to suck you back in. But they don't mean it. So what they do normally, they'll send a family member. They're going to send your siblings. That's why siblings are dangerous. You got to cut them off too. Sibling, cousin, there's going to be somebody. Grandma call you up, come on back, baby. You know your parents didn't mean that. Uh, you only got one mother. They'll throw some Bible scripture. They will use the Bible to manipulate. Religious manipulation yes, is a tool of the narcissist. Right. They're heavy in the church. They love church because they get to hide that, that behind, behavior. That's yeah. why so many pastors are oh, off yeah. the hook. Oh, yeah. They're all narcissistic. But yeah, they'll use religion to manipulate, guilt trip you to come on back. You know... Your parents getting, old. this one in the hospital. They'll use different things to make you feel bad. And you got to be like, you got to be solid on your boundaries. No contact. They get no reaction. I say change your number, move, all of that. Because they're relentless. They don't stop. They will keep stalking.
0: You have to get extreme to get away from that extreme. Right?
1: Yes.
0: Absolutely. So how did you, I, I guess... What made you want to get into the, the psychological part of things, right? Like, what made you want to go back to school and do this and kind of push this forward? I
1: have an interesting background. Yes. Um, my degrees. Uh, I have a, I worked in New York City. I interned for Hot 97, okay. interned at Sirius XM. Um, where else? I interned for DJ MV. DJ K Slay. Um, I wrote for two, two years for Double XL Magazine. Wow. So pretty much a journalism uh, background and media. And both my degrees are in those areas. Yes. But I working in that type of industry is so cutthroat and vicious. It's full of these types of people. Right. Everybody's gonna, you know, they're trying to get to the top and they will do whatever, they'll cut your throat. I've seen a lot of stuff. And it's just something like I can adapt and I, I'm a hustler. I can get it. You know, it's hard to get them types of internships. I'd have to sleep with nobody. I got it off of, you know, DJ K. Slay. May he rest in peace. He got me in the door first and then just one door kept open. I even did a guest host for a uh, 50 Cent, his wow. blog, um, on his show. So I, I've been fortunate, but it's such a vicious industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I said... Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, there's gotta be more to my life. I felt like I wasn't living in my purpose. You have your education, your career path and what you want to do, but then there's what God called you to do. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody. It's up to you to figure it out. You, You know, God has a way of talking and communicating and, when when it's your time, you'll know. Absolutely. So I feel like I, I took all that writing experience from Double XL, uh, K. slay When he was here, he had a magazine, Straight Stunt. They, you know, yes, it's 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 the models in there, you know, but in between the 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 photo spreads, there's articles. Right. So he would have me write. Um, I wrote a spread called "Respect the Legends." So I interviewed all the old school hip hop veterans, Pete Rock. DJ cool, cool Red Alert, um, Africa Bambada. I've, I've interviewed quite a bit of them, the late uh, DJ Star, uh, Starsky. Yeah. Um, so I took all that and it opened a door. And then Double XL said, yo, come on, shout out to Shaheem Reed and um, DJ MV. And, and, and Hot 97 is very difficult to get in. But I took all that writing experience, and I said, let me start writing a book right. about my life. And I got on YouTube and just started talking. I didn't want an audience. Yeah. I was just blogging and just talking about me right. venting, just venting. And people found it interesting, and I started getting more and more. And that's, I said, hey, this is what my calling is. I like this. I yeah. like helping people. I like when people come to me and say, you've changed my life. Absolutely. The stuff I didn't, you know, the things that you went through and confessed about what your mother did to you and your father, I went through it too. Right. So you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. So that gave me the drive to keep doing it. I could be working in the industry right now. And um, this is more fulfilling for me. Yeah.
0: Like you said, it's your purpose. It's my
1: purpose. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess let's kind of talk about some of these books that you've written. Yes. Right. (laughs) <laughs> which one was the first baby?
1: The first baby was uh, the breakup manual, okay. um, which will be revised. I'm going to put out a brand new revised version. But the breakup manual, How to Defeat a Narcissist, which is a quick read on um, just uh, dating, catching some of the signs early on. You know, it doesn't go in depth, but it just, you know, yeah. for the people that are just getting into it and learning about it for the first time, it's a quick you know, like quick an need. introduction, yes. yes. So that was my baby. I wrote that in 2018, and people uh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing some more, and um, you know, I'm up to eight, nine books, now right? And hey, I'll listen, put out some more this year, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and that's that's an achievement in itself, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, being able to put your knowledge into words and having people be able to have that in their home so they can go back to it, right? Yeah. They can be able to use this like as a guide to be able to take on in their life and, and look for certain things and be gui- uh, guarded and, and kind of look for the, the, the red flags. Yeah. So that's what I really want to get into now. Narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Tell us what it is and tell us exactly how to
1: there is no cure for it. There but, is no cure. And and you know I hate when people say, "Oh, you you attract what you are." No, you don't. Right. You're always going to attract these people. Yeah. What you need to learn is how to set a boundary to prevent them from entering your space. Okay. So I just want to correct that. Don't let no one ever tell you you are what you attract. No, you're not.
0: And and you hear that a lot. You All the time. Yeah.
1: It's justification for that. So. Narcissistic personality disorder is considered a cluster B disorder. Um, There's a book called the DSM, which is um, a book of mental disorders that was put together by a bunch of psychiatrists. And um, they keep revising it or what have you. But cluster B disorders are, you know, those that have trouble emotionally regulating. Mm. So narcissistic personality disorder... Antisocial personality disorder, that's the sociopath, psychopath. Those are the dangerous, criminal, the rapists, the pedos, horrible, um, you know, very calculated types. Well, the sociopath isn't that the psychopath is more calculated. The sociopath is off the hook, yes. you know. Think Blueface, you know, just all over the place, getting into trouble, reckless, or Kanye. I think Kanye, Don, Don, Donald Trump, um, in my opinion, are sociopaths. The okay. psychopath can be quiet and more calculated and silent and have a method to how he abuses and he's dangerous. Um, the other, well, I named three, narcissism, antisocial personality disorder. Then we have the borderlines, which um, it's, they are emotional And they can be manipulative, but they have a huge problem uh, with toxic codependency and um, seeking validation outside of themselves, Uh, very emotional all over the place, you know, expressing themselves. Um, I've seen a couple of cases that were really bad, but they have an empathetic side to them. Okay. so um, and then there's the histrionic. Um, which a lot of women are, Um, wild, um, wild personality, flamboyant, want to be seen and heard loud. Mm. Um, I think Jocelyn, I think Jocelyn Hernandez, you know, women with that type of energy and personality, want to fight all the time, you know, to be seen. It's it's just about attention, but getting it the negative way. Okay.
0: I, I guess that where does the the term masculine energy come from? Because we hear that a lot with certain women who are very domineering like that, but that's not what it is, right? It's just something else.
1: Um, I everyone has their different definitions of masculine energy. Right. Um, I just think it, it's it's. You can you can a woman can get into masculine energy by default. Okay. Because if you're in a situation with a man that doesn't know how to lead, you're gonna get frustrated. And you have to. Instead of cutting him off, which which most of us were taught not to, we were taught to make things work, that struggle of. So you stick around and what ends up happening, there's gonna be a shift where you're carrying the weight of the relationship and you're leading when it should be him. So it's gonna automatically push you into masculine energy. You may not wanna be that. I know for me, I wanna be soft and feminine. And I've been in situations where I had to take on a role of masculinity when I didn't want to, but he was being a child.
0: Overcompensating. Yeah, you turn
1: into the mother. When you become their mother, you step into masculine energy. So that's, for me, that's what that means. But um, a narcissist uh, is someone who is highly manipulative, uh, self-entitled, selfish, grandiose in their ego, their behavior, delusional. Um, it's all about me. They have to manipulate in order to... They manipulate everyone. It's not just romantic. They re- manipulate their family members, their friends, and they stay clicked up to those types of people. Mm-hmm. So they never, they never do things one-on-one. There's always a click or someone assisting them. Right. You know, even in in relationships, you find if you get in a relationship with one, they got their family in the the background helping them to break you down and train you and groom you. It's really sick. Interesting. So um, they lack accountability. They're terrible in therapy. They try to manipulate the therapist. But there's a twist to that because a lot of therapists are narcissists too. You got to be careful. Wow. You, you know, I I try to help people raise their discernment so you can find them everywhere. Right. Doctors, lawyers, your name—it's dangerous. Your workplace—they're—they're they're everywhere. But um, yeah, they just um manipulate their way through life, and they're very empty inside. Mm. No empathy, lack of empathy, remorse, and it's a sad way to live. Yeah, in absolutely. Life.
0: So you know, we were talking off camera in regards to the dynamic between Will and Jada, right? Uh, Like we've seen that unfold in the public eye for so many years, right? And you you were telling me that it's not just one of them, it's both.
1: I believe it's both. Right. A lot of people think Will's the innocent. I don't think Will is innocent. Okay. I think Will is more of a covert, and covert narcissists are the deadly ones because they're silent. They will abuse you with a smile on on their face, and and you won't realize it's abuse until two weeks later. Right, it's very insidious and very covert. So I just think Will, maybe getting her is just in a way that we can't see it. He keeps it out of the public eye. Absolutely. But she's. It's like they've trained each other. And they're addicted to each other's toxicity, and that's the glue that keeps it, in a sick way, it keeps their marriage working for them. Right. They can separate and have side relationships and come back together.
0: Right, but they'll never officially, like... Never divorce. Right. No,
1: because they're both obsessed. Come on, Will going out on vacations with his first wife, and Jada's like, I don't care. Yeah, because Jada's over here doing her thing. Right. He's free, she knows where he's at. And if she's swinging both ways, dealing with men and women, you know, gives her free time to do what she want. And that's just them. I know several married couples like them. Really? My grandparents were. My grandparents were married like 50, 60 years, slept in separate bedrooms. Uh, My granddaddy, may he rest in peace, had a child outside his marriage. My grandmother would not divorce him. I was told that she cheated back. So that's the—they're toxic. They will abuse each other into the ground, but they will never divorce.
0: I I always heard these things about the old school marriages, right? In regards Mm -hmm. to they will always stick together and work through it. There were years that they didn't speak like, isn't that another form of abuse that you don't speak to your partner in regards to certain things? Yeah, it's
1: abandonment. It's withhold, it's called stonewalling, but uh, deliberately punishing your partner by withholding communication, withholding sex. It's all abuse, all of it. But some people like it. Some, you know, narcissists, um, sociopaths, psychopaths, they're sadistic. Right. You know, a lot of women like the man whooping on them. And they won't leave because they, they it's love. And there's the women that don't like it, and they're fighting to get out. But then there's the women.
0: Yeah.
1: That it turns them on.
0: Right. Like how when Liza Minnelli used to beat up her husband. <laughs> yeah.
1: And some men like being right. beat up on, but it's—it's sick. But um, some people are addicted to drama. Right. So she used
0: to whoop their ass. And yeah. They, they just stuck around. So yeah. yeah it's uh, I mean, all right. So how do you, if you're meeting somebody, if we're just going from the base level of you meet somebody, you go on a few dates with this person and now you say, okay, this is somebody I wanna get, get into and know more about. What are the traits that you should see early on that should be a, okay, I need to check this. I don't need to omit it, I need to
1: check it. It's very difficult these days because they know that we're on to them, thanks to so social media. There's an abundance of information on how to spot a narcissist. Right. Like you go on TikTok, it's crazy. Right. So now they're learning to up their manipulation tactics to adjust to outsmart, you know, people. Uh, I'll use myself. I just got out of something. I, uh, he didn't make it past the second date with me. <laughs> he didn't make it past the second date with
0: can, me. Can a lot of people make it out the second? Pass the
1: second date. Yeah, I mean yeah. my my last relationship uh, five years ago, but okay. I that's a childhood friend. Okay. But um and, and he asked me to marry him and, and I almost gave up my whole life for him. So but um I'm so sharp now and I've took I've taken all my life lessons and learned from them and I apply it now. Yes. So you have to vet. Mm. Vet like it like you in the military. Um pre screen, but he didn't make it past the second date because what I did was um, narcissists do this thing called love bombing. Okay. And love bombing is 100 percent abuse. Okay. It's not it, because love bombing is buying gifts, going out on dates, spoiling them. But the motive is to get you to drop your defenses and trust me. The moment you start trusting me, the love bombing is going to slowly reduce, I'm gonna cut back on it. Then I'm gonna begin the process of devaluing you behind closed doors, mm. grooming you like a dog.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you you recognize this on date two?
1: Uh, after the second date, no, he was on point the first two dates right. and, and courting and tech I didn't yeah, do yeah. nothing, you know, um, he did everything, calling, Texan uh, asked me out, took me to a really nice, uh, beautiful restaurant for my birthday, did everything right, gifts and all of that. After the second date, um, which was another awesome date, the next day was, I need space. I can't, I can't, I'm emotionally unavailable. I can't handle your, your emotions. And it just blindsided me. And what I know, see, the old me would have fell for it, but that was all G because a man that's insecure got to play these type of switch and bait games. Why? Why, when things are going great, would you? do cut back like that right you know so i what i did was um i just cut them loose i cut them loose because um i expressed in the beginning that i'm looking for exclusivity and uh you can't be in a relationship overnight but you can court and date and work towards that goal right i'm not into jumping into relationships immediately but especially if we're going to have sex and unprotected sex, I don't want to be sleeping with you and we're not working towards something and I, right. you're in the streets doing stuff with other people. I'm not with that. So I thought it was really weird that he pumped the brakes like that. Mm. That was a red flag to me. So I didn't argue. I didn't say, you know, I didn't chase. I didn't say, what's wrong? Is it something I said or whatever? No. The right person's not going to do that to you, you know. Um, I got out of it. Because that's red flag to me, and I start you know when you raise your self-esteem and you get your confidence together after being abused for so long you know your self- worth you won't put up with stuff like that right you, you've,
0: you've created safe boundaries for yeah. yourself
1: now so with the narcissist on on dates that's they hate boundaries so if you set it that's what I did I set a boundary he got cut right. and um, we did reconnect uh, Just. Verbally, we didn't go out again for a third date because I wasn't having it and he did it again Um, He said I wish I would have called you, you know, you blocked me Um, You can unblock my number again, and you know, I went off on him and and, and it was email exchange So I said let me unblock him. He went silent again He gave me the silent treatment so that he was punishing me because I called him out and held him accountable for pulling the stunt earlier the bait and switch. So it's it's it, that confirmed to me. You know, I'm I, my intuition is good. You're a grown man playing games. You're college educated and everything else, but you have no emotional intelligence. We ain't gonna work. We're incompatible. Some women like that cat and mouse stuff, but a woman that's looking for something serious and she's expressed that, and he still wants you to chase and play these games. He's immature. So. You got to cut your losses when you see the red flags. All
0: right. What, what would it take for a man like that to Obviously, he's emotionally inept, right? Mm-hmm. What would it take for a person like that to be able to get past that and grow in a different space?
1: That's the thing. Um, I, I feel he's a covert narc and when you see it in them, you can't unsee it and they never change. Mm. That's something you don't grow out of. Um, They are badly damaged. A lot of men are badly damaged by their mother. Their mother is the first woman that hurt them and break their heart before they lose their virginity or anything else. Or some woman in the family, they may may have been molested by somebody in the family, a woman. I can't stand female pedophiles. I hate that they're praised. You know, a young boy is praised for that. There's nothing cool about that because I think it harms young boys and they become hypersexual and messed up as they get older. So, um, no, no, there's no, no, it's a permanent thing. Death is the only cure. Now there's therapy. They can go to cognitive behavioral therapy. But again, they have to want it. And most of them are like, ain't nothing wrong with me, you know, or they'll get in there and try to mess with the therapist and manipulate the therapist and gaslight the therapist. And a therapist that's terrible. I have some of my clients are therapists. A lot therapists of therapists therapists, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of mental health uh, professionals are following my TikTok and love, and they recommend their clients follow my page. It blows my mind. Right. I'm very humble, but I'm like, why are y'all? No, <laughs> y'all, the I'm trying to get to your level, <laughs> to get my degree. I'm trying
0: to join y'all. Yeah. You over here? No, yeah.
1: they. I, I was invited on another podcast a couple months ago by um, shout out to Dr. Lorman. She's a clinical psychologist out in California. We mm. I've done a couple. She loves my content. And she um, has worked in a maximum male prison in Cali wow. for 13 years. She's seen it all. She didn't come, to, come face-to-face with some of the worst criminals, right. and she's not scared of them. She, she's one of the tough ones. Her discernment is way up there. She, she's tough, and me and her clicked like that. Right. So um, I know I'm doing something right when I have the pros following oh, me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so...
0: And the thing is that, you know, the one thing that I love about your content, because, you know, I binge your content, obviously, you know, even before we were uh, planning to do this, you are very open and honest. And I can tell that that's who you are, that you're not, you're not hiding or you're not trying to put on something right there. You're, You're very transparent. You're very frank about what you're, what the message you're getting out there, and that's, I think that's what people gravitate towards you the most. It's, your, it's just your personality. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And I've been taught for so long to never have a voice. My right. family trained me to be silent. I was always quiet in the corner. Right. I was uh, much heavier than I am. I was always the fat girl, always ugly in comparison to my sister, that's what my mother Put in my sister's head that's another thing too with triangulation when your parents um are narcissists and there's siblings they play the children against each other right that's where our insecurities start our parents create them first your parents are toxic they they will have you competing for their affection competing with your siblings or they'll train your siblings to be narcissistic, to be bullies over you, to stalk you and take information back. And this goes into adulthood. Right. So that's why I tell people, be careful with your siblings. Because if your siblings are narcissistic, they're two-faced and they'll play like they're cool with you. But they're trying to get in your business and they're going to run it back to mom and dad. Right. And they all going to plot to stay ahead of you. So it's, 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 it's a crazy so crazy disorder yeah it's that
0: it's, it's that mentality of you teach what you're taught right. right and a lot of parents that grew up in an abusive household that's all they know and they never really sought to do anything different but just to rinse and repeat yeah you know what i mean yeah. and it's just this vicious cycle until somebody like you or somebody you know that decides to want to break that that cycle yeah. and get out of that
1: right the crazy thing though like with with with, Narc- with with me, I was abused, you know, my entire childhood. But when I became a mother, I didn't have it all together, and I have my flaws. But I knew when I had my baby, I said I can't bring her up yeah. the way that I did. Right. It was just in me. So I wonder, like, with my parents being that they had toxic upbringings, why didn't they make the decision? This is what where I'm confused with the disorder yeah. because it's like they grew up in abusive. Households, why didn't they make a decision? I'm not going to raise my kids like right. I was. So that's the sick thing about the disorder. When you look at your parents, you know, they may not have had therapy or the resources, but we have intuition, we have, yeah. you know, God inside of us, and we know right from wrong. Right. Why would you repeat that and put your children through I, I, it?
0: The way I look at it, I think I kind of view it as a as an addiction, right? It's just just it like is. any other you know, alcoholic thing or drug thing, is that certain people have a stronger willpower to be able to look themselves in the mirror and say, I need to change. I yeah. need help and I need to seek it out. While other people, they just get bogged down in it and they never get out of it. Right. Right? So it's 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 a if we look at it like an addiction as a disease, then maybe people can be able to kind of attack it differently.
1: Right? Well, I, I left something out. There's something called narcissistic supply. Okay. That's their drug. Right. So supply is basically energy fuel from out of people, right. and they don't care who they get. That's why a lot of them have children because their children are sources of supply. Their children are needy. They need them yes. constantly. But um, it's, it's like a drug to them. So that, that's why uh, they're serial cheaters. They gotta have a constant supply of sex. They use sex as a tool to get more victims. Because the more victims they have, side chicks and, and a whore harem, that's multiple people blowing up your phone and blowing up your ego. Right. So they're feeding off. They siphon energy out of people. That's the addiction, or why some men have multiple baby mamas because the baby mamas gonna be calling and nagging. When you gonna pay the child support? When you buying clothes for daycare? He doesn't care about the negative. They can cuss him out. He likes the negative attention. It's the energy. That they're giving him, right. that's feeding. The, they feed off a negative energy, right. good or 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 bad. Good, or bad. good or bad. So the energy and the attention and the adulation. You, they, if you praise them, they love it. They love praise. Yeah. But the negative attention is, it's like a drug to them.
0: You were talking, you know, we was or we were speaking off off our camera about, you know, your mother in mm-hmm. regards to, that's the type of energy that she gave off in 100%. regards to. One hundred percent. And you said that it still continues even today. Yeah.
1: That's- it's permanent. Wow. Um, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Mommy Dearest. Yes. Joan Car- Crawford. She took it to the grave with her. Her two children, when they went to go read the will, she didn't leave them a dime. Right. She's this big Hollywood movie star. You don't leave your children. She adopted them for herself, for her public image. Right. She never loved them children. Right,
0: just to make it she, look like she was this loving It was about and, her yeah.
1: image, yeah. Um, publicity stunt, PR stunt, but she was abusing her children the whole time behind wow. closed doors. That is the epitome of a narcissistic parent. Wow. Her, she remind my, my mother loves that movie, ironically, but when I watch that movie, it's like watching my mother. Really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the movie, Precious.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: The way that she talked to Precious through that whole movie, that's how I got talked to. Uh, my, my entire chi- uh, childhood, teenage years, that's how my mother talked to me. Wow. So yeah. I don't even know. Um, it's been years of work and therapy and, and pulling myself out of it. She's mad now that she can't control me. So now the narrative with the family is I'm mentally unstable, I'm crazy. No, I got away, right. And I don't care about your opinion. Tell family whatever. Because they're all cyber-stalking me now. And I'm living a good life. I'm living a great life now. Yeah.
0: Do you do you ever think that you would have a really solid relationship with your mom going forward?
1: Never. Never. It's done. It's done. Done. I don't ever want to see her ever again. Wow. Yeah. Um, TikTok is really all... You know, all the... Um, The grown adults that were raised by NARC parents, they're all over TikTok. And it's a huge, huge, massive community. And they're all standing strong. They don't want nothing. Every time you go back to try to patch, even if they're in the wrong, and you say, you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride. I'll take one for the team. I'm going to go back and work things out with mom and dad. You're going to get kicked down every time you go back and it's gonna wear you down mentally. And it takes a toll on your health. Um, I look at, uh, was it Tracy Braxton? Who was the one that just passed away uh, out of the Braxton sisters? But if you look at their dynamic, I think both parents are narcissistic, mom and dad, a couple, uh, Tony definitely, Tamar definitely. Tamar is is horrible. (laughs) But the way that they ganged up on her her body was breaking down and nobody knew it. Yeah. How do you have cancer at such a young age? And she's and She's stressed out. Because right. she's surrounded by a cult of narcissists, her Entoxicity. family. They yeah. drove her to her grave. Right. So at some point, when you come to a realization that this is what your family is, if you continue to go back into, you know... They're gonna wear you out, and your health is going to pay. You're either gonna have cancer. I've heard so many stories: cancer, uh, lupus, uh, because it attacks the nervous system in the body. Right. Hair loss, weight loss, weight gain, um, smoking, drugs. That's all from that type of abuse. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You it, gotta get out. Yeah, you
0: have to. You. It, it's just amazing to hear you say that because, you know, a lot of people will think that. Just because that is blood, right? You have an obligation to be able to let bygones be bygones and...
1: Sweep it under the rug. Right. But you go on back to them and forgive, they're going to kick you. I'm going to tell you, it gets worse every time. Because in their their minds, they think you like the abuse because you keep coming back. That's how sick they are. They think you actually like the abuse, so they feel entitled. She ain't going nowhere. We can do this all over again, over and over it's never going to stop. It's like an ongoing wheel, hamster wheel. You got to be the one to get off because they're not be going real. to change. Right. And you may crave that relationship, but when you get to a point, it's either me or them, my mental health, I can't do this anymore with family. Right. And then the more time that you spend away from them and you start healing and enjoying life, you're not going to want nothing to do with them. Right. You, you turn indifferent to them. So at this point, I ain't even mad at mom, dad, none of them. I'm indifferent. I love my peace. I'm never going back.
0: Respect to that. Respect yeah. to that. I, yeah. I applaud that a lot. Yeah. What in your mind makes a healthy relationship?
1: When two people, you know, I'm realistic. I believe we all come from some form of dysfunction yes. in childhood, realistically. Trauma,
0: but whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, um, even if your parents, had excellent jobs and you had a beautiful home. There's some sort of dysfunction, you know. Um, Two healthy people have done the work. Two healthy people understand I cannot enter a relationship until I'm right. And that's mentally, spiritually, financially. I'm not bringing baggage to a relationship. I need to work on me. And when I feel good about myself and all aspects of life and and I'm truly happy and I'm self-aware, then I will start attracting people on that same frequency. Mm. So if two people go into a relationship with that mindset and they both have worked incredibly hard and they both are accountable and they're willing to grow together, you may not have a lot of money, whatever, because money comes and goes. You can always hustle and, and all that, but it's, it's, it's character, it's moral compass and it's integrity. You have those three components and you've done the self-work. You both, you both gone. you know, I look at Sierra and Russell. I don't know what go on behind closed doors, but I look at them. um, You could tell Russ is a good person because before he even got where he was single and he was just going to the hospital, visiting with the sick children. He wasn't out here hoeing around and and I'm sure he could. He could have a different chick every every week. But um I think
0: that might have been his first um I think he might have been a version before he met Sierra.
1: No, he had a girl. Um oh, he the did? other yeah, okay. he had a um th- I saw a picture of her. He was with a a white woman okay. previously. But um Russ spent a lot of time single. You yeah. I, you never really saw him. Right. Pouring around and club hopping and all that. He was in the hospital. He was doing charity work and community service all the time. Right. So to me, that's a man with emotional maturity. You could see where his priorities are. He got all that money. He would be balling and acting a fool and partying. But he's choosing to to be, you know, do good things with his time and his money. Mm. Ciara, going through what she did with Russell, uh, not Russell, uh, Future, <sighs> Yeah. Future to me is a straight sociopath. He, he, he's, he's off the hook. Like She spent time alone. She went through a great depression because he, he dog walked her. Mm. And I think she had to learn who she was before she entered a relationship with Russell. So they're both coming from places of healing and self-growth and self-awareness. So that to me... You're not gonna be perfect, we're all flawed, we all come from dysfunction, but it's it's the mindset to wanna grow and be self-aware and accountable. Mm. And, and y'all can y'all can work with that and grow from that. Right. Yeah. There
0: I think at this point in modern age, there hasn't been more single people than there than there are right now. Right? It's an epidemic rate. Right it is. <laughs> now, are you an advocate for people being alone to the point where they, like you said, they have to figure it out? Or is it one of those things where you can be able to meet somebody when you're not fully possibly ready for a relationship and kind of work your way into a healthy relationship? Mm-hmm. Is that is that actually a good strategy as well or is it more what you were saying before?
1: My strategy is this, and it's what I've actually done, it worked for me. Um, you gotta stay single and work really hard on yourself. Right. Stay, the dating game is filthy. It it's is. nasty. <laughs> it is. is piss in the dating pool and shit. Stay. It's, it's <laughs> ugly and stay off of the dating apps. I am not All an of advocate them, right? of dating yeah. apps. It's dangerous.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: You know, there's people parading on there like they straight when they really. Playing yeah. for both sides—it's all types. I've heard so many. I've never done a dating app. I think it's just too dangerous. Women getting raped and and all types of stuff. But um, my thing is this: stay single, get into therapy. There's a specific therapy called EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing therapy. It's sort of like hypnosis, but it's not. I've actually done it, and like you look at a computer screen and your therapist. Um, it's like an animated cartoon ball, a sphere, a circle, and it bounces back and forth, and they have your eyes follow it. Your eyes are moving, following the ball, and the therapist is talking to you.
0: As you're watching the yeah, screen.
1: Yeah, your, your eyes are moving, but it's your brain processing what she's, you know, she's asking you to dig up old memories right. and trauma, and it's like you have to keep reprocessing it till it's packed away, but it's an excellent form of therapy to deal with trauma, so I, I push that on my black folks, my black people, go to EMDR therapy, stay single until your discernment, you, you got to be comfortable, you got to fall in love with being by yourself. Right, absolutely. Like I, I, you know, I like dating, I miss sex time to time, you know, sex is a phone call away, like that's, <laughs> that'll never be an issue, but it's like I done fell in love with just having fun with life. Right. I got great friends like this year. I'm already booked up with four vacations, three cruises like me and my girls stay gone. You know what I mean? And when you fall in love with, you know, just being independent and single, you start looking at everybody different. You're able to screen and read people better because you know who you are. So it's, it's not about being alone and bitter and and and. It's about learning yourself. And I feel it's biblical. You know, like when Moses got exiled, he went in that desert for what, like 40 years? He was isolated, but that's where he learned who he was and he stepped into his calling and God put him on assignment. We have to go through isolation to learn who we are. I learn our identities, our calling, our purpose, and to get that discernment up. Because when your discernment's up, Can't nobody fuck with you.
0: Absolutely. I I mean, I I agree with that. I think I think it's one of those things where you have to be sure in who you are before you can be able to take on a task of possibly taking on somebody else's burdens and thoughts and dreams and all of these things. You gotta know who you are first before you can be able to take on a task.
1: When you're self-aware, you're not even gonna take it on. I don't care how much you like the person, you're like, no, I'm gonna set a boundary. Mm -hmm. I want someone that's done the work like me.
0: So that so that's another thing, right? Yeah. Like when you're in a relationship. How is it setting okay, because th- there there's a difference between and or there's a confusion in regards for me, right? Setting healthy boundaries and actually being kind of standoffish to people. So mm-hmm. like how do you kind of it's like, yeah, "Alright, cool. There's certain things that I don't want you to cross you can't do these things don't you know this is what i feel is disrespectful but sometimes it just feels like you're kind of closing yourself off to 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 some stuff or is that is that um, a kind of closed-minded way of looking at it
1: no with, with me and i never used to be this way yeah. i am unapologetic okay. about my boundaries and what people think okay to hell with what you And that's how think. you should be
0: right yeah, yeah.
1: To hell with what y'all think. I got to protect my peace. So if I come off standoffish, only people that know how to set healthy boundaries would never get offended by you acting that way. That's The I only was. people that have an issue or you standoffish, no, I'm not. Right. You don't understand what setting a boundary and respecting a boundary means. Right. I've had people set boundaries with me and I backed off and said, respect. Hmm. So when you're healthy and you're self-aware and you've done the work, you're going to recognize if somebody sets a boundary, you're going to bow out gracefully, right. respect. Right. That's it. Okay. People that have not found themselves will take stuff like that personal and you acting funny and, i nah, man, I'm, ain't nobody coming and messing up with my peace. No. <laughs> you got you to be super overprotective of your peace and to keep you healthy.
0: Your peace is everything. Your man, listen.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, I'm gonna ask you a question about this.
1: <laughs> come on with it. Let's go. <laughs>
0: what do you think about prenups?
1: I think they should be required.
0: Okay, so it doesn't even matter if you come from nothing or whatever. You can be able to build. Okay, you got
1: five cents <laughs> in your bank account.
0: They got two Sign pages to together.
1: Yeah, it's protection.
0: Right, right.
1: It's protection. Um. Because depending on what state you live in, even if a motherfucker did you dirty, they still may be entitled to your shit. Absolutely. And because Absolutely. you didn't take the proper precautions to safeguard the things you worked hard for, they could take it from you.
0: So in a situation like, and I've seen this happen. You've seen it on Mary TV. Mary J. Blige. Right. <laughs> what you even, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it Can so many more. times, countless times. Yeah. where somebody wants the prenup, right? Mm -hmm. The other person will kind of guilt them into reneging on the prenup, Mm -hmm. right? Now, at that point, if you're in that situation and you want a prenuptial and the partner is giving you flack about it-
1: We're not getting married.
0: That's what I'm saying. So like, you got to take that step to, to hold your ground and say, that's it, I'm not
1: compromising, and it's 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 a reflection of you. You got to ask yourself, why am I allowing this person to bulldoze through my my standards and my boundaries All like right. that? Stick to your standards and your boundaries. Maybe it's God showing you this ain't the person for you mm. like i I said a few minutes ago, people that are healed and have done the work will respect boundaries and they'll respect you All right so. Don't go, don't lock yourself down into something that you were coerced. Mm. You were coerced to not do a prenup. Why would you do that? Right. This ain't the person for you. You know what I mean? So you got to find somebody, same frequency, that understands prenup. And uh, otherwise, y'all are unequally yoked. Don't force it. Maybe God trying to save you. A lot of people, they still go through, they want to be married so bad, especially women. They want to be married so bad. They want that title. And they're getting dragged behind closed doors. There's dudes that call their side chick on their honeymoon. (laughs) Oh, man. And the red flags were there, and you still went through and and got married. People ignore the red flags. That, to me, is a red flag. I want a prenup, and you don't. Why? Right. We ain't compatible then. I want. I work hard my entire life for everything that I have. I'm willing to share with you, but I want. We got Protection. insurance for yeah. everything else. Right,
0: right. That is true. That's very true. We
1: got insurance for everything else.
0: Okay, so <laughs> here's another one.
1: Don't come. I'm ready for the questions. I, Let's there's go. There's another
0: one. <laughs> um, I know one of your videos was. Very, it went viral pretty much. I think that's one of the, yeah, one of the, (laughs) Kevin Samuels.
1: Oh, oh yeah, his followers chewed me out, man. Right, so, you know, rest (laughs) in
0: peace, Kevin Samuels. But, you know, a lot of people have different opinions in regards to his message, right? Now, I used to watch his stuff because I used to, I I used to want to hear what he thought about certain dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. But then it wasn't that he wasn't the only person I was watching. I was watching some other people, some mm-hmm. women. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get different perspectives on how people view things. And I think a lot of a lot of things that he was talking about in regards to relationships were good. It was his it was his tone. Maybe a lot of people didn't really. He's like. been
1: hurt too. Somebody hurt yeah. him really bad, so he's jaded. Right.
0: But um. But the one thing that I did agree with, and I want to know how you feel about this in regards to marriage is not supposed to be. This, oh, I need to be fully in love with this person to be married. It's more of an it's more of an agreement. Hmm. What do you think about that?
1: That's narcissistic talk. So it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, because
0: the the reason why I ask here's, here's the, the background. We we see in other cultures, right? In India, like they'll these people don't know each other, right? right?
1: They're arranged marriage.
0: Arranged marriages. So they'll come together and they learn to be able to work with each other and grow and then grow into love, right? But it's actually started off as like a contract. right? So like, those marriages, and I see those marriages working more often than not outside of like other, other than the the love marriages we'll say, right? Mm -hmm. So how does that kind of, because it's kind of confusing when you bring that over here Well,
1: narcissists, um, I feel, belong with... They should marry their own kind. Okay. Because there's an understanding that this is transactional. Yeah. It's about the money. You might cheat on me, but I don't care. I need control of your money. Right. You ain't ain't going nowhere. You can step out and run the streets. This is like a a secret agreement they have, like an open marriage. Okay. So, um, but people that get married for love, um, I think it's different. Um, And it gets... It's like oil and vinegar when a narcissist marries someone that's not a narcissist. Mm. It's destructive and um, that person that's loving and empathetic is getting used up, sucked dry. They give and give because they, they, they love to give. I love you. I want to give you the world. I want to share everything. I'll give you money or whatever else you need, but they don't realize it takes years to realize that they married an abuser. Right. I think abusers should stick to their own kind. So there's no misunderstanding. This is transactional. And I know other cultures are set up, it's arranged marriage, but right. they're both narcissistic and it works. The wife doesn't care her husband's out cheating because she's controlling his bank accounts, okay. And he wants to make sure his wife is good financially. It's the, us black people, we the ones that are screwed up. All the other cultures, they got it. <laughs> right. It works for they them. They know who they are. Yeah, right? like you watch the the married couples in Dubai right. and Nigeria and stuff. There's like an understanding. The wives don't care their husbands step out That's and true. cheat because it's like they got the credit cards. They're running... And they're living in luxury, they're well taken care of, so it works for them.
0: See, th- th- this is why... It
1: works for them. This is why I
0: had to ask her. This is why I had to ask you, because it makes sense. What you're saying makes a lot of sense, is that you have these people that have that narcissistic trait, and it works, and it just continues to work. It's evolve a transactional, for them. Right. open
1: relationship. Yes. But... With us in, in in America, it's just different with us. Right. It's like, I don't know, I'm not going to say all black men, because I have some really great guys following me, but a lot of them is like, they want to be taken care of financially. Yes. And then when you get in a relationship, they say, I need a strong black woman to build, you. I need a Beyonce, I need a Coretta Scott King. You get in there and do the struggle shit with him and help him.
0: And then he leaves. He
1: ends up envying you. He'll Mm. use you up to build himself up. Then he's gonna discard you like trash. He's gonna chase the girl that didn't have to lift a finger. Mm. That's what's going on in the black community. It's a problem. All the other cultures don't do that.
0: Okay.
1: So, you know, that's why I be looking like, damn, I wish I was in Dubai or Nigeria because the men get it. It's like. They're going to step out on their wives, and they, the wives will never find out about the mistresses. That's what I like about the, cause the men know how to cheat over there. <laughs> but the wife's got the credit card. She's yeah. too busy shopping, and, and she's, he's, make sure that she's well off. That
0: she's comfortable, and she's yeah. taken care yeah. of, and all yeah. that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I can
1: understand how that will work in it for both of them. But um, over here, I, I, I just, with us, it's, it's man. She's different. I don't, I don't even want to call it different. It's just, it's, it's just evil mm. over here. It's mm. just, I, I can't, I don't.
0: So what do you think is going to change it?
1: Um, well, it's changing now. Specifically with us, more and more black women are opting to stay single. Right. They, don't, they, don't, they don't want to date, and they're finding fulfillment in their friendships, luxury, traveling, enjoying their singlehood. So it's forcing the toxic men, I don't want to say all men, the narcissistic men, the toxic men, to kind of look at themselves. And they're spiraling and coming unhinged. It's becoming dangerous for women actually now. Um, because they don't want to be accountable. And I thought I saw recently that there may be a rise with men in, in um, being single and depressed. Wow a lot of them don't want to go to therapy and and work on themselves. They jump from woman to woman. Right.
0: Without taking that time to
1: heal. Using a woman as, you know, a shield, something to hide behind. But those issues come out with every relationship. Right. You need to be single and you need to work on yourself. You need to cut off your toxic family members because they're the ones keeping you stuck. Arrested development is the term. Mm. Our men are suffering. A lot of our men are suffering from arrested development. That's their mother and father's fault for that. But they have to be strong enough to see it and break away to work on themselves. Mm. I broke out of mine. It was, I fought for years like hell, but I got out. You have to want it and you have to fight for it. Most of them, they, by the time they figure it out, they in a nursing home. They have poor health. They don't go to the doctors. They They didn't jump through so many women, they didn't miss out on the important stuff. And then when they need women the most, they're going to end up alone. They'll tell us, oh, you know, they they get mad at women when we say we're happy single. Oh, you're going to die alone. You're going to die in a house full of cats. No. I have friends, my children don't take care of me, I have community, I fostered a loving community. It may not be with a man, but it's with people that love me. Why would you wish that on me? And why do you care so much about how I'm gonna go out? That's between me and God. Mm. I'm not talking about you and how you gonna end up. So it's projection. Narcissists love to project. When they're accusing you of stuff, they really talking about themselves, because they live in fear, constant fear. They don't want to die alone. And they know they, they sabotage and they destroy their relationships all through life. And they're scared of ending up alone. That's wow. what it is self sabotage. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. That, I listen, told you this
1: was going to get that, the- <laughs> it,
0: it. She's right. You, you're right. I, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not even yeah, going to hold yeah. you. You're, you're, you're completely right. Now, let's play some word association. I'm going to spit out some celebrity names to you
1: oh this is fun i've done and this before don't say I'll, jada <laughs>
0: no nah, we, we already talked about her we already talked about her she's um, on top
1: of my hate list <laughs> listen i call
0: her nosferatu for a reason yeah. right she's a kinda has that vampire mentality. You, you can see I mean? it in her
1: face though. Yeah. I can see the demon in her Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. yeah. It's slowly come out over the years. Like she didn't she didn't always look like that. No. You
1: know
0: what I mean? No. So we're not even talking about the alopecia. we just talking about her, her <laughs> face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, you know. Kim Kardashian.
1: A hundred percent Narc. Hundred percent. A thousand percent. She is the worst. Out of the siblings. I think they all are, mm. but I think she's the ringleader. Oh well, yeah. no, Chris is the ringleader. Yes. She's Chris's mini me because she's the one that did the sex tape and it opened the door for all of them to be eaten. Right. But Chris trained her. Wow. Chris is the real pimp in that family. Wow. So um, no, Kim Kardashian Kardashian is the epitome of a female narcissist. Very promiscuous, arrogant, uh, you know, self. If everything's about her, yeah. but then she goes and marries Kanye, and you see how that turned out. Right. That's what two narcissists are. She would take him back right now she, if he said, take me back, Kim, she would, right. because she wants to control him, and because he's crazy, he brings her attention, even though it's negative attention, he's always doing something in the press, it still brings attention to her in some yeah, type that's of what way, she loves. and right. she's an energy vampire. She's going to feed like a host, and for him, he uses her the same thing they feed off of each other's energy right so the reason he you know they're divorced is because he they got four children if a narcissist gets you pregnant he can he'll leave you because the kids are his way back into your life right easily he can divorce you and start his on his next victim that's why he went and married the next girl right now she ain't got no kids so he gonna leave her no time
0: Bianca Sensori yeah yeah
1: yeah I think she's in danger yeah. Mm. All right, give me another celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> they all narcissistic. You she, she don't know them all. They all are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all are. <laughs> let's
0: see. Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: Um, I, I don't know much about him. I think he's an incredible actor, but um, I don't know much about his relationship history. Um,
0: he likes to date young women and has a cutoff point, so he'll- you okay, see him so around that's with a young girl and then after a while that will go away and then you'll see him with another young girl.
1: Oh, so that's predatory. That's another thing with narcissistic men. They they like to they go after much younger women because they're easier to groom and manipulate. Okay. Usually the women their age, will call them out on their bullshit. Right. And they don't want to be held accountable. Okay. So a, a much younger woman 15 to 20 years younger in his mind, oh, I'm going to get my All I'm right. going to groom her yeah, and train yeah. her to do what I want. You know. Okay. So if Leonardo's doing that, then yeah. Okay. And then he cut him off. He's done. He use him. Discard him like trash. Yeah. Bad right. sign.
0: Here's an interesting one. Oprah.
1: Narc. <laughs> Narc. <laughs> I'll take it a step further with Oprah. I think she's a psychopath. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Yeah. Oprah's dangerous because Oprah and Tyler, because they've they've spent most of their lives with all this black support. Yes. And now that they're filthy rich and they're at this point, this high point, they done switched up. Oh yeah. And now we're starting to see the toxic stuff come out. And it's like, hold up. I've been supporting you all these years and this is who you really are.
0: Listen once she blindsided. Once she put out the MJ doc, nah, I was done with her. I was done with her.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. she she's um she's something else in a lot of female narcissists are closeted lesbians. Okay. So if you look at the celebrity world, there's a lot of women that are married, but they're screwing women. And it works for the husband, because the husband's in control of the money. Right. She's a celebrity. She's bringing in money. Oh, I don't want to say no names. We got Don't this- say no names. No, I'm not going to say no <laughs> names. I'll tell you after we finish yeah. rolling, I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. Because I got- my my discernment, the way I read people is off the hook, but I'm going to throw stuff at you and mm. you're going to be I'm telling you you not when you start looking you're not going to be able to unsee it. Oh man. But they get married. I can say Whitney and Bobby. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. May she rest in peace. Whitney is gay. I always felt she was in love with Robin. Bobby was the cover up. Okay? So that's how a lot of them move. The husband's just there for the cover-up. Jada too. I done heard so many stories of her sleeping with women, Mm. okay? But the husband, we need that married front because I get to hide behind that when I start showing my ass and people call me out for my shit, I need somewhere to run and hide. Because it's the
0: mask of normalcy.
1: Yes. So I'm going to run behind my toxic husband. He'll cover for me until the hype dies down. Then I'm going to get back out here and start the shit again and full with some more single people. My husband don't care. He busy cheating. Right. But this is our arrangement. So um, I think Whitney was in love with that girl. And I can tell now when I see interviews with Robin, Robin loved her too. She's heartbroken still. Right. And Bobby was the beard, the cover-up mm. behind that. It's a lot of that. in. In the celebrity where I'm like, ooh, her, 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 I could just see it. Oprah too, like her and dude they never got married. He just quiet and living right. in a damn house.
0: Just, yeah. Like Why a, do you
1: think that is? Like Who mouse. do you think she really into?
0: Right. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Man,
1: listen.
0: <laughs> Here hey go another one for you. Lori Harvey.
1: 100% like her nasty mama. Narcissistic sociopath. She learned from her mama. Yo, crazy. (laughs) If you know the history on her mama. Yeah, it's bad. um, Allegedly um, dealing with two cousins at the same time. They were drug kingpins in Memphis. And she was playing. Oh, she's a mess. Mm. All I got to say is do the research on her. It's going to blow your mind.
0: Yeah, listen, I'm intrigued with with that whole thing. And
1: sleeping with Steve behind his wives' backs. I believe uh, two of his wives marry, he's married three times. So she was a willing side chick, didn't care, was calling the house, spoke to the wives. Marjorie didn't care. And she basically, you know, as he told the story, he couldn't do nothing with Marjorie because he was broke at the time. It wasn't until his career took off that they got back together. She said, "You call me when you have some money." Wow. She won't fuck it because he's not—he's he, not a handsome man.
0: <laughs> and he had a headpiece the whole time.
1: Oh man, that wig <laughs> is horrible—that unit or whatever you want to call it. But yo, I,
0: the man lied to me for years.
1: He That hairline was, was fire.
0: It's fake.
1: Come on, What's man. That? But she's the type of woman. Yeah. Like I described to you earlier, these women are vicious. You got to have money. They want 100% control of your money. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they have an open arranged thing going on. I I wouldn't be surprised because Steve is a cheater. Steve has a history of being a serial cheater. He cheated on all his wives. Mm. So maybe Marjorie, they got it set up where we're not going to divorce, but I'm going to creep over here with this one. And Steve's like, cool, I got some lineup over here. There was an alleged rumor that he was messing with the chef. She's beautiful. So I will not be surprised, but because they want divorce, they're going to cover up. They're going to keep the PR in place. Right. But them two definitely toxic. Wow. But uh, um, uh, Marjorie trained her daughter. Her daughter, that is her child. Mm. Lori dates like that because her mom that's how her mama was. Mm. I think Lori I think Lori and Tiana are fooling around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
0: You dropping some balls right I, now. I, I
1: peeped it. I peeped something. They they're they're always out and about mm. together like a couple. That's just one. I'm not gonna say anymore, but I peeped that and like I said, narcissistic women are closeted lesbians. Mm. And I always had that vibe about Tiana before, like way back in the day before she blew up. Right. She got married and it didn't work. So I I I think her and Lori are very comfortable. That's all I'ma say.
0: Last one, last (laughs) one, real quick. Jonathan Majors.
1: He's like a psychopath to me. He's dangerous. Mm. He's violent and um That's a prime example of self-sabotage. Right. Why would you get this much success at the height of your career, all these blessings, and then self-sabotage and destroy it like that? It's the disorder. It's the disorder because they have, a lot of them are obsessive too with destroying their partners to the point they're willing to get themselves in trouble. They, they look at it as a competition. I got to beat you before you beat me. Right. He's not even thinking about long term. They never think about long term or the consequences. They just think about right now. Right. I got to beat you right now. Right. And because of that thinking, his career is down the toilet.
0: so that's an example of how they self-sabotage
1: he's totally a narc um and the stories i've heard like even going back to his college days there's people from college that said he was horrible back then so patterns don't lie patterns don't lie
0: it's going to take a lot of work for him to get out of that right if any
1: he's never getting out of that Mm. He was the he he was wrong for going to do that that Good Morning America uh, um, interview right after the, the trial ended. What I mean, are you, you doing? Crazy, yeah, Keep yeah. your mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just disappear for a while.
1: Yeah. And then Megan being his Coretta. like don't don't use Martin Luther King and his wife and like mm. he was acting. He was still it was about oh, yeah. him. It's about him. Oh yeah. And he's still trying to do damage control. You're creating more damage. So. That's what I mean by self-sabotaging behavior. They don't see it right. until it hits them, and down the line they're like, "Oh shit, I fucked up." So yeah, wow. and they all think like that. They all the same way.
0: Man, listen, you dropped some bars today.
1: Yeah, good.
0: Spiritual whistleblower. <laughs> this was this was fun, man. Um, Is it
1: over already? Yeah. We've been talking that long. We've been, wow. ta- we've
0: been talking a long Just time. Just getting started. You know I
1: mean?
0: <laughs> but next time.
1: Might have well, to do a part two, right? You yeah, have
0: to do a part yeah. two, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So please tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you know, on all your social media platforms. Sure. What to look out for.
1: I'm only on IG and TikTok. I don't really fool with Facebook. Okay. I hate Facebook <laughs> and, and Twitter. Um, On Instagram, it's I-L-O-V-E-S-W-B. Be like boy, spiritual whistleblower. I love S-W-B, and my TikTok is spiritual whistleblower, one word, so follow me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. This was great. Like, please, please, (laughs) you know, if you have somebody in your life, if you have family members, if you have boyfriends, significant other, whatever it is, girl, and if you see these traits... You need to recognize it early, and you need to do something about it. And if you need help, if you need somebody to be able to take some guidance from, you, please go to her channel, go to her platform, and get the information because you can be able to get it raw, real, uncut, unfiltered, and unfiltered, <laughs> and that's exactly how we need to be digesting content. So.
1: Thank you, know, you for thank having you. me. No, this was this, great. My
0: pleasure. My pleasure. You, you are an inspiration. You know, I, I, I love what you're doing and continue to, you know, inspire and motivate people to be able to be strong and to be themselves and to stand up and to create those healthy
1: boundaries. And living your right? truth Absolutely. and be unapologetic about yes. it. Yes. You're going to get attacked, but you're not going to care Right. when you listen. I used to be a punk. I don't take. Sh- I'll fight now. Don't 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 start with <laughs> Hands me. Hands and feet, right? Yeah. When you've been abused enough, it's like a puppy. A puppy gonna turn on you. You that's keep right. kicking it, and you are gonna get bit eventually. So that's, right. that's it.
0: That's it. So Barry Grant Jr. signing out. Nicole, take us out of here, man. <laughs>